listeners of This Game Where. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to say then. Why is she bellow? Hello! Because I'm, I'm a jolly fellow. Right. I'm a jolly fellow with a happy bellow. A vuncular. A vun- I'm a vuncular, except yeah. no. What? Did we... Were we talking about a vuncular on or off? Oh, like, Low Suit Larry. I right. said that, um, well, I looked a vuncular up and I think it has slightly negative connotations, so oh. I... I don't really want it. You know, like you have an avuncular uncle. Yeah. I think it's slightly, yeah, you know. like. Not... See, that was what I thought it meant. And then I looked and it said no. Oh, really? Did you and I look at different websites? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember what I looked at. Are you feeling avuncular today? Though? Anyway, I'm free... I'm a jolly fellow. Right. I don't have anything else to to add to my rhyme. No other rhymes. But anyway, no. yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome. That's what I was after, you know, just to just say hello to everybody. We should say hello more. We should be nice. We should welcome them. I should arms. be. Yeah, you should. Because I'm a bit of a grump sometimes. In your opinion, I don't think you are. Okay. So welcome everyone to this game where podcast. I already said that. Well, I'm saying welcome again. I'm being okay. That's your welcome. Yeah. Hello. Vote on whose welcome was better on any website. You know, it doesn't have to be ours, but it'd probably be helpful if if it was. This isn't good content. <laughs> Go on. Tell them what our podcast is, Chris. So, our podcast is where each episode, one of us brings a game for the other person to have a go at playing. It may be a game the other person played. It may not be. Most of the time, it's in the middle, isn't it? You haven't played this. Haven't I? No. It's my episode today. I get to choose the game. And I don't think you've played this game. Right. Why don't you think I've played this game? Was it on the console I didn't have? It was. Right. But it was also, I think it might have been a bit obscure. Okay. We've gone a bit left field this episode, have we? Not left field, but obscure. Right. But not on purpose. Okay. Go on then, what's the game? It's this game where you play as a little boy in his pyjamas. I know. Wee Willy Winky. <laughs> not not Wee Willy Winky. It's just the, the, way you the video game. Uh, you navigate your way through the world of this little boy's dreams. And you placate, then take control of animals by feeding them sweet. And I've talked about this game. I was going to say you've talked about this game before. Is it? Is this one where you turn into a frog? Yes. You mentioned it back in the very first episode. Did I? Back in the day. Did yeah. I really? I, I don't remember. I think I talked about it a couple of times. Do you remember what it's called? Little Nemo. It is Little Nemo, yeah. Little Nemo, the Dream Master. So do you know anything about the game? No, not at all. Right. But is he the self-proclaimed Dream Master? I don't know if he's proclaimed it himself. I think it was a, it's just a moniker that he's cultivated. Is he a Dream Master? I think possibly. Like, what is a Dream Master? I don't know. It's... Because I, the other... What is it? Dream Warriors is an Elm, a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Oh, God. And uh, in Dream Warriors, they try to overcome Freddy Krueger in their dreams. I mean, Little Nemo's nothing to do with, with Dream Warriors. I'm glad. But Dream Warriors is probably the second best Nightmare on Elm Street uh, film. Do you like the first one? The first one's good. Drones up, in it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, he gets sucked into a bed. Not not like that. No, okay. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know what a Dream Master is. If you tell me what a Dream Master is, then I'll tell you if he is one. Someone who's good at dreams and that? Yeah, I'd say that Controlling them? Yeah. Right, so, okay. I, that's what I was wondering, whether a Dream Master is someone that can, like, lucid dream. I was just going to say lucid dreams. Yeah. Have you ever had a lucid dream? Mm, no, I've noticed that I'm in a dream, but that's not quite yeah, really yeah. in the lucid dream. Part of the lucid dream process, and I'm assuming that Little Nemo actually probably is a lucid dreamer, because you have to acknowledge you're in a dream, and once you acknowledge you're in a dream, you can take control of the dream and make things happen in the dream that you want. So, I know people love hearing other people's dreams. What was your lucid dream? I didn't have a lucid dream. What was your dream in which you were aware of the dream then? 
my apologies. The last dream that I had that that happened was, I wasn't aware from the beginning, but there was a moment where I realised it was a dream uh, while I was still dreaming it. And it was... Uh, <laughs> oh, so it's one of those dreams. No, it's not one of those oh. dreams. I was in, you know, like in a stadium, you have like VIP boxes. Yeah. I was in what felt like a VIP box, looking down on what I thought was the beach. And on the beach were lots of people swimming. It was really high up. Lots of people swimming in the in the shallows. And well, there was a beach in the stadium. Well, it wasn't in a stadium. I was just in a VIP box overlooking the beach. Right. Keep up. Overlooking the beach. All these people swimming. And this thing started rising up out of the sea. And it came up towards the people. And I was worried that it was like some kind of shark or something. It was ended, ended up being a killer whale. Then the killer whale was joined Is by... Is better or worse? I'm not sure. I don't know. It probably would have eaten the people, wouldn't it? Yeah. A chance. It was joined by a blue whale. Then they, those two were joined by a basking shark, and then those three were joined by this strange, like sea creature that I didn't know what it was. Kraken? No, it wasn't a kraken. It it was not something that we know. It was just something that my brain had made up in my history. All that happened. It was fascinating and amazing to see. And then I left the box, and as I was leaving the box, I realised that it wasn't the beach. It was an aquarium. It was just a massive aquarium, and there were people swimming in the aquarium. Weird. Yeah, I then, it then segued, as dreams do, to me being stood on a quite a long pier going out into the sea and overlooking what I knew was the Atlantic Ocean. Right. Specifically, I don't know why. Knew it was, it the, was the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> and you know, you know, there's the right. mid-Atlantic rift at yes. the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. I don't know if people are interested in this. But I'll go as quick as I could. The well, Mid-Atlantic like I said, Rift. It, it's always really interesting hearing about people's dreams. Yeah, so I mean, I the Mid-Atlantic Rift was at the top of the sea. And so the not sea, a rift then? Yeah, it was a rift. Well, rifts are under, aren't they? Not no, above. a rift is just a chasm. Right. The, doesn't matter where it is. The rift was at the top of the sea. It's a fucking dream. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. Well, it doesn't with your creature that was made up for you. Yeah, no. Uh, and, and the sea was like crashing against the rift but not going down it and then it all just surged and then went down into the chasm and it was like this huge uh, waterfall and then I jumped off the pier into the sea washed up on the beach realised I was in Scarborough which isn't on the Atlantic no exactly exactly and I'd lost my friends and I'd lost my wallet and I spent the rest of the dream looking for my wallet so what was the point to which you were aware it was a dream when I jumped in the sea because you're like mental master it's, it's a dream I don't think I did that I just went this is a dream Right. I think, arguably, you lost your friends a long time before that. I mean, in the dream. Oh, right, with you now. Yeah. So mine was a lot less interesting. I was about 17, I think, and in my dream, I was in a fast food restaurant, and the guy behind the counter said, what do you want? And I said, don't matter, it's a dream. Did you get everything? No, I just remember that happening, that it yeah. was, uh, I think, chicken nuggets. I mean, you really took advantage of the dream. Yeah, I could have eaten loads. You could have had anything you liked. Yeah. But I didn't. I just have yeah, fried sperm whales. I'm going to have whales then. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Anyway, dream the Dream Master, Little Nemo. It was released in 1990 by Capcom. It has a basis on something else. Was it a Belgian comic? No, but that's a good guess. It was. It was a recent last time. Huh? It was. It wasn't a Belgian comic, but it was a comic. Right. But the the game wasn't actually based on that. It was based on a film of the comic. So it was a. a a, an adaptation of an adaptation. Right. And the film is quite an interesting, has a quite an interesting, I think quite an interesting saga. Hopefully everyone else will agree. Okay, uh, I'm strapping myself in. Excellent. So the film was released in 1989 and it was made by a company called uh, TMS. Do you know TMS? Nope. So TMS are Tokyo Movie Shinsha. Right. A Japanese company. They also made Akira. Oh, right. You know Akira? The anime. Is it anime? Yeah, it's, it's an anime. anime. Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't like Akira. 
I've tried watching it twice. Yeah. And because I watched well, it once when I was probably about fifteen, and I was. Uh, to be quite honest, in, I'm not sure I like her either. Oh, okay, I know it's one of those things where people always people love it, it and they think and it's one of those. So I tried it again when I was for about twenty, and it just left me cold both times. Yeah, I I don't think that that's ab- well, maybe it is abnormal, but it's it's like a, quite a well regarded anime. But I've the same with Alien. I've tried Alien. Oh, I love Alien. I just can't. Okay. Don't well, get Tokyo it. Tokyo Movie Shinsha didn't make that. They made Akira. They also made. Do you know what Lupin the Third is? It's about a wolf, I'm guessing. Lupin. No, it's not. Ugh. So yeah, I might, I'll give it its other name, or I'll give it one of its other names, because it was a series of films and it was a television show, Lupin the Third. But there is the probably the most well known, at least in West countries, is the Castle of Cagliostro. Nope. No, means no. Okay, Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, okay. Hayao it's Miyazaki. One of his films. One of their films. So Castle of Cagliostro is one of his first films. Oh, okay. And it's pre-Studio Ghibli. Right. So Hayao Miyazaki is uh, the maker of things like Spirited Away. Yes. Uh, a lot of a lot. My my neighbour Totoro, that ilk of Brave uh, the Fireflies studio, yeah, or dark. Uh, if you haven't dark. watched that, go and disappointing. Issues. Not disappointing, sad. Yeah, <laughs> an unhappy film. Spirited Away, not so much. But anyway, Castle of Cariostro. So TMS, quite big in Japan. Okay, so that's the heritage of that film company. Yeah. What is this film? In 1989, they decided to try and crack the world with well, literally Nemo. crack the world. Huh? Oh, you mean like right? I'm with you now. With Little Nemo, they they wanted they basically wanted to like go to America and make an American film and be Billy Big Bollocks in, in, <laughs> in L.A. You know, I really hope that was the <laughs> the bit was the specific. <laughs> so they looked through like the vast canon of filmable media, right? And they they landed on Little Nemo, which is a comic from 1905. Wow! I mean, it, it's not got it, there, there's. There's other things, you know, like there was a lot going on in that sort of period that could have made good films, but they went for Nemo and they made this film. It was written by Chris Columbus. I was in, not The Explorer. <laughs> no. As in the film writer who did have the first two Harry Potters. He did. It wasn't the first two, was it? Was mm. it the first two? Yeah. Yeah, so he, it, yeah it, was it was him, um, but he also, he also, I think he directed Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. He directed and either he, di- no, he wrote Gremlins, the first one. Did he? And he wrote Home Alone. He directed and Home Alone too. Christmas Chronicles on Netflix, which will have yeah. Have you recently. seen it? I haven't seen it. It's yet, no. surprisingly good. There's a there's a sequel coming out. There is. So Although at one point in Christmas Chronicles, one of Santa's elves flosses, as in the dance, and oh. I just think it's going to date it horrendously. Right. When okay. people watch it in ten, twenty years, like it's what is this? Yeah. I miss it out for. I imagine you, you still watch that now, and I imagine it will still resonate. Yeah. That pretty, always pretty. made me cry. The the last bit. Really? Where he's talking where he's to in... the camera. In the oh. mm, in the court, yeah. no, he's he's on the camera at the end. Where he's oh, on. when he's actually dressed up, yeah, but always just pulled on the old heartstrings. Okay, anyway, anyway, <laughs> Chris Columbus wrote it. Chris Columbus wrote this, right? Um, Hayao Miyazaki was connected with it at one point as well. He was supposed to be directing. George Lucas, wow, also involved. The Sherman Brothers, no, the Sherman. They, hang on, are they? Musicians, yes, as in the ones who wrote the soundtrack of Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, whoa, and Jungle Book whoa. and Aristocats. They did all the music for this film. Wow, yeah, Chuck Jones, Looney Tunes, yep, Looney Tunes animator, uh, Ray Bradbury. What is in? Oh, hang on, no, Ray Bradbury, Fahrenheit four five one novelist. Okay, did all the concept work for the story. That's quite a, a left field choice again. Isn't I, well, it? yes, so. it is. Yeah, and um, I mean, this is not a. 
whole list. This isn't a full list of all the people that were involved and worked on this film. But I'm finishing with Brad Bird. Wow. Must have been quite early for him, though. Yeah, it was. He was animator, I think. Right. Um, yeah, so he, Brad worked, Bird, he went on to work for Disney and then he worked Pixar, Pixar yeah, and he did The Incredibles, The Incredibles 2, lots of other things. I'm sure he well, did some lots of other stuff on The Simpsons as well. He, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. Did he work for Disney or did he work for Pixar? I think that they wanted him to work on, they wanted him to do voice work on The Simpsons, but he didn't end up doing it. Right. I think that's what happened. He I'm worked sure for Pixar, he, sure but written... I think he did some stuff for Disney as well. Right. But he was director and a writer uh, per most prominently for for Pixar, so he were, he originated the Incredibles. Yes, he did, yeah. Um, and a few other bits that I I've slipped my mind. I should have written them down. No, no, he's he's one of the uh, the big cheese at Pixar. He is. Hey, yeah. I went to see Onward last weekend. Yeah. How's that? It was brilliant, but again, a bit like I just missed out by bring your tissues. Right. Okay. Oh my goodness. Right. An emotional roller coaster. Hmm. And a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I, yeah, I went it's, it's had a bit of a drubbing, hasn't really? it? Really? Well, not necessarily a drubbing. It's been it's been given sort of meddling reviews. Oh, I sort I've of harking back to the good dinosaur sort of. I was level of way better than that. Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear it because I generally like. Awful. I watched Toy Story four for the first time recently. And uh, Mick. Really? Yeah. What do you like about it? You know, you know, we were talking about Doctor Who and how there was convenient writing. Right. Well, there was there were writing conveniences taking place left, right, and centre. So give one example. And then we'll one example was email. the way that they... Uh, you know, they listened to your inner voice thing with... Um, there was his voice box. box. Yeah. I thought that was really clever. I didn't think that was really clever because he's got a, an established set of, of voice box things. And some new phrases that were convenient for the film. Convenient. Yeah, yeah they were all conveniently... In his voice box, but we'd never heard them over three yeah. three films, and we'd heard the, all the ones that were established multiple times. Yeah, I, I can so see. So there but, was that. There was that. You asked for one. That's the one he gave. The Duke Kaboom. Pardon? Duke Kaboom. The which one? Oh yeah, no, I didn't oh, really know that character. He was amazing. Uh, was he? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But Brad Bird does good work at Pixar. So all um, these people. I mean, that is a that's a strong I know, list of people. And it's not even the it's not even a full list. This is just like a selection of the people right. that have worked on this film. The creme so de creme. For all, but by all rights, this film should have been an absolute fizz banger, shouldn't it? This is where I was thinking you were going to go, but it's the film absolutely bombed. It, it cost thirty million odd pounds to make and took in ten, oh. uh, nas- internationally. That is, uh, so it was really bad. Brad Bird actually only worked on it for one month. Right. And he he said when he left, I know this isn't game related, but I just think it's interesting. He said that the reason he left was because he spoke to the animators and the animators said to him, oh yeah, we're just animating, we're just drawing the amazing things that are coming out of Ray Bradbury's pen. And then he spoke to Ray Bradbury and Ray Bradbury went, oh yeah, I'm just writing down the amazing things that the ah, artists okay. are coming up with. So it was like, who is actually running this show? I have no idea. What's that proverb about the, the left hand doesn't know what the right's doing? Yeah, exactly. It, it, I think it was a, an element of that. But Chris Columbus was attached to it for, throughout the whole thing, and he wrote it. Right. So even even based on that, probably should have done better than it did. So this is a game based on that turkey? Yes. Great. The game is remembered far better than the, the film. You can actually watch, I forgot to say that, but you can actually, TMS, they put the film out in its entirety on YouTube. So if you oh, search really? for wow. Little Nemo in uh, Adventures in Slumberland, you can watch the whole film. And have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I was going to watch it last right. night, but we, what did we watch instead? We watched Godzilla, King of the Monsters oh, instead, no. and now it's too tired to watch Little Nemo. Awful, isn't it? What, Godzilla? Is that the second 
Yeah, where he where he teams up with Mothra. Yeah. I thought it was alright. Oh, blimey. It was a romp. I had two glasses of wine, so oh, I was slightly... <laughs> to the edge of. Yeah, there were big glasses. So, yeah, it was the right way to watch the film, I think. But, yeah, so that's that's the basis of this game. But the game is, as I say, well, more, more well thought of than the film is. It has... <laughs> finding out this helped me make more sense of the game than I ever, right. ever actually had. Because... This was one of those games that came from Ashby Sales, and it was ah, okay. it was boxless and it was manualless. What I have done though is find the manual. So this is this is the manual that I'm showing you now. So this is on the gameisafootarcade.com. If you wanted to to, to read yes, along at home or true. in the car, what is it? Don't don't read in the car. That's a bad idea. Yeah, no, don't read it in the car. Oh, hello, I've lost it. Sorry, come back to it. So that that is what I would have seen when I went into. I've sidetracked away from the manual. This is the cartridge. Picture's nice. The picture's pretty good. It's got like flying alligators chasing little Nemo who is riding a a bed. Oh, right. I thought it was the... I don't know what I thought it was. Yeah, I'm with you now. Can you not see that? Well, now you said that, I could see the pillar in the background. I thought it was a tree trunk. There is a tree trunk on the right. Yeah, but I thought it was like a a branch coming off the tree that he's mounting. No, he's riding a bed. Climbing on. You're a madman. So that's that's the strength. That's what I bought it on. The strength of. That's all I had. I had the cartridge that look like that but it does come with a manual this is the manual this is as you say it's on the game is a foot arcade.com and this is quite a well-used manual it's it's got like coffee stains stains, but it does tell you all about the game it also interestingly it's advertising chip and dale rescue rangers for the for the nez as well which was another i still love that cartoon yeah well, the game's not too bad either. It was quite, really? quite a well-regarded game. In our last episode, I think I mentioned Disney Disney Afternoon. Yeah. That re-release. I think Chip and Dale was what, on that. What, as was was... The, um, what was the female mouse? Because Chip and Dale and then there was Monterey Jack. Was the, and then there was, there was the, the girl with the purple Was it Theodore? No, that's Chipmunks, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The little, she she gave me a little, a little bit of feeling. <sighs> She's my... Your no. earliest... Lustful yeah. object. I used to I used to feel a bit funny when I saw her on Great. I I'm sure everyone will be happy to hear that on a on their drive into work. <laughs> I, was like, so, I was like five watching that. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I don't know if that's better. <laughs> Just thought, oh I Okay. Now I think I think we should draw think, a line. Yeah. Yeah, draw a line. The this is the manual. I found this for me more than anything. It does actually tell you exactly how to play the game. It's got all the button prompts and things. Uh even how to put how to put the game in. Well, it's always useful. Which is yeah. important. And it tells you lots about the game. Well, lots about the game over about 10 pages. I would have loved to have that, but I didn't. I just had this cartridge. So um, the, I like the cartridge. I like the pictures on it. So you had to figure it all out yourself? Yeah, I had to figure it all out myself. Is it intuitive? It wasn't as easy as I wanted it to be. Okay. Because um, I said to you, didn't I? You feed animals sweets. Sweets. So you throw an animal, uh, throw a sweet at an animal, and it sort of eats it. And if you throw three, this bubble comes out of its nose like it's being appeased. Um, and then you jump on it and you turn into that animal. Isn't that a, an anime thing when they've got bubbles coming out? That means they're asleep. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, it is that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you then take over the animal. I'm and not sure they... why that is? Is it dribble? Like, no idea. Like spit bubbles. I've no thing? idea what it is. Anyway, so you go. But on... It is that thing. It's right. exactly what you're thinking. You turn into the animals, and then those animals have certain properties that, that can help you in the levels. Oh, so you, hang on. So you, you jump on this animal, you turn into it? Yeah. Right. Or you turn, or you ride it. Right. So there is a frog, 
that you wear like a suit, you know, like a frog suit. All right, uh, okay, yeah. There is a mole. Also, which, he, he cleaves the frog in two and like wraps it. Yeah, cold it, down. It's as disgusting. Yeah, it's as <sighs> gruesome as it sounds. Definitely like that. All done in eight bit. There's a mole which you do a similar thing to. You end up inside the mole, but then there's there's a gorilla that you ride on its back, and there's also a lizard that you ride on its back. So you're you think I'm not, I'm just playing along, but I genuinely think that little Nemo was crawling inside the dead bodies of these of these poisoned animals, like he was killing them with these sweets and then taking their bodies as as some kind of like a bad bear grows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that, was, that was four animals, wasn't it? Mole, frog, gorilla, lizard. You said there's yeah, six. There are. There's also a wasp, which he climbs into. Hang on. He's a boy. A wasp's like a few centimetres. Right. And remind yourself what the game is. Dream. Right. Okay. Yeah. Dreams. Yeah. Dreams. Uh, and then there's... What sweet dreams the wasp is big? I don't know why he dreams. You'll see. I'd dream the wasp would bugger off. I hate wasps. But he can climb inside the wasp and sting people and stuff. Right. Yeah, that'll be all right. What's the sixth animal? The sixth animal is a crab. You know, one of them crabs in a seashell. I can't remember what they're called. Hermit crab. Yeah. Ha! Hermit crab. So, yeah, they're these six animals. And then there are other animals, like um, soldier ants, that you have to fight. Each level, you have to find six keys to open a door to the next level. Okay. And it's all platforming. Okay. Are my platformers? So, does the mechanic remind you of anything? What, under the game? Yeah. Take you on other people's or things' abilities? Yeah. There's quite a few games where that happens. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Kirby. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Kirby came out after this. Ah. Oh, I was also Mario Odyssey. There's like a Mario yeah, Odyssey element to it. But this what we said I, back I, when we first talked about this. Huh? I think that's what we said when we first Did mentioned you? this back we? in the first episode. We said okay. it was like Mario Odyssey. Let's I think this might have been the originator of that that particular mechanic where you take on the role of of you bad guys. Right. And use them to your benefit, which is quite interesting, hmm. because this is this is made by Capcom, but it's not necessarily a particularly well known game. I don't think. No, I can't say it's something I've ever heard of before. We spoke about it previously. Yeah, we have. Um, and I I just found this as I say on the uh, old bed sheets in uh, in Ashby Sales, so down what, Lincoln High Street. What were your memories of this game? Anything particular? Well, I want to you? withhold that information if that's okay. Confidential. Yeah, I want to keep it to myself for now because I want to know what you think of it first before I tell you what I think of it. Is that okay? For, yeah. I know so that we don't usually do it that way, but I'd like to. Is that is that definitely okay? Yeah. So you want me to go in as a, a clean slate? Yeah, so that you can make your decision without me influencing you. There are eight levels. I think I only got to about level four. So, yeah, there you go. And is each so level the, the six keys to find a door? Is that one level or other? Is that a world and there's levels within that world? No. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, off the top of my head, I think there's one level, It's and it goes from start to finish. You find six keys in that level. You don't transition from right from one level, or like one sub-level to next sub-level to next sub-level. It's just all one big level that you can traverse in different ways to find these keys. When was the last time you played this game? Um, a long time ago. Decades? Probably at the very latest, it would have been like 1999, wow. so 21 years ago. So how are you feeling about trans again or seeing me play this again? I'm withholding that information. That as well, right. I'm withholding it. Okay. I, this makes me think I'm interested to bad. see. I'm interested to see what you think of it, but I don't want to tell you what I think of it. To be honest, I don't know what I'm going to think of it. Because we have had games where we've played it and then it's, oh, this isn't as good as I remember. 
or if our games were, it's, oh, this is oh, just this as better than I thought. And that I'm kind of, I don't know where I am with it. Right. Because I don't know. It's an interesting way to. It's been so long since I've seen it or heard it or experienced it anyway that I just do not know what I'm going to think about it. And I, I know what I used to think about it, but I'm open to it going one or the other way. So before we start playing, yeah, there's one last thing that I want to tell you, because I think this is pretty cool. Do you know who Tatsuya Minami is, or Minami? No idea. No? Do you know what Pla- do you know Platinum Games? Developer? I've heard of them. Okay, so they're in the news at the moment because they have just kick-started a remake oh, of the Wonderful 101 yes. for, the, for the Switch, coming yeah. off the Wii U. They're also the makers of Bayonetta. Okay. And more topical for me, they made Mad World for the Wii. Oh, is that the black and white one? Yes. Mm. That game, I reviewed that game as part of my application to work at our old workplace. Okay. That was the game that I wrote my 500 word review for. Okay. Yeah. So I played through it especially for that. So you've got history with with this company. Yeah, but Tatsuya Minami is the CEO of Platinum Games. Right. His first game was this. Ah, okay. Yeah, and he designed it. He, He was the game designer for this. Game planner, depending on how you want to word it. So just briefly to go back to the the movie that flopped and then the game yep. came out based on that. Mm. Was you said the game was received quite well. Yeah. Com- compared to the well, movie. Yeah. Compared compared to the movie. So yeah. I'm gonna say film, movies the American word. Compared to the film. Yeah, compared to the film. It the film itself was based on I, I alluded to this, it was based on a comic that was yeah. well regarded from from the early twentieth century, nineteen oh five to nineteen fourteen, an American one by a man called Windsor Mackay. Right. And it was it was quite a surreal comic strip that was like done on a weekly basis and there was some really quite ornate and ethereal artwork that was done for it. Right. I've got some of that that I'll show you okay. in the Sounds good. in the in the interim. In the interim, yeah. But it was based on that. And I think that what they were going for was what you know, like Studio Ghibli has that magical element to it, that mm-hmm. the like spiritual ethereal. side and the yeah, the ethereal side of, of those films. I think that that's what TMS were going for. But they missed the mark, is what I understand. And there was a bit of mismanagement of the project. Was that because they were just throwing so much at it and hoping something would stick and actually the, the sum is lesser than I don't parts? Know. I don't know why it ended up the way it ended up. It, you could, you could from just the list that I've mm. uh, put out and from what Brad Bird said, you could allude, mm. you, you, could, you could get that from that. I'd be interested to know if this was more closely aligned to the comic from 1905 or the film. This this uh, game, game. Yeah. I think it was more the film. Right. I I do think it was more the film. The the last last thing that I'll say is that it actually was a blessing uh, that this this film flopped because it absolutely it tanked TMS. TMS went n- nearly bankrupt uh, off the back of this film. But as a way of clawing back throughout the nineties, they did a lot of like subcontracting. I right. suppose um, not prostituted. <laughs> no, outsourced. They right. did a lot of outsourced work. Not prostituted, no. They did a lot of outsourced work for American companies, and they worked on some of the best episodes of Animaniacs. Oh, okay. Some of the best episodes of Tiny Toon Adventures. Right. Some of the best episodes of Batman the Animated Series, mm. and Spider-Man the Animated Series, and DuckTales, and Inspector Gadget. Oh, well, you went on a high level. So, yeah, exactly. So they ended up doing animation for those? Yeah. Wow. If they if they hadn't... Uh, if, if Little Nemo in uh, Adventure in Slumberland had gone into the stratosphere, we would never have had any of those. Or at least we wouldn't have had those versions. <laughs> what a loss that would have been. I know. Inspector Gadget. What, what a show. Second. Yeah, so that's everything I've got to say about Little Nemo. 
Is it time for us to turn out the lights then and... Turn out the lights? <laughs> Hop off to dreamland. Yeah. Settle down for oh. them. Right, okay. You... I'm not propositioning you. No, I'm glad. I, I, it's how it felt. That is how it felt. Yes, it is, yeah. Right, let's go. Sweet dreams, Ashley. I was asleep. Oh dear. I was in dreamland. We're not we're not good actors, are we? I am. I've, I'm <laughs> You're just gonna Did you not notice I even closed my eyes I did to wake notice, up? Oh, yeah, you you really went method yeah, on, I did. on that skit. Yeah. It was bad. I mean we were bad, but the game was bad. Everything was bad. Everything went wrong then. I mean I've I started talking to you before we came back about how bad the game was and how I didn't like the game, didn't I? And I feel like I shouldn't have done that so I might have skewed you. No, I I was coming to the same realisation. Yeah. So I played the game and was a bit nonplussed by it. Ashley had a go and started necking on it quite badly. It was, yeah, because it was like PTSD going back <laughs> to that game. This is this is one of the first games I had. It was so frustrating. That first level, the first time you played that level, you got to the end and you'd missed a key, yeah? So the whole concept, just to repeat, the whole concept oh, yeah. was to explore the levels, to find these six keys... Or five keys as it is in some levels, which yeah. is really confusing. And I'd miss one key, so then have to then go back to find this missing key that I'd, I'd not got and died, and then just binned it off. Not interested. Yeah, I went. I took over and played through a bit of it, intending actually to get to level three, and got some way through level two and just kept dying and hated it so much that I just couldn't couldn't bring myself to do it. So I showed him on YouTube. So you said while we were playing that during the interval, that you did not like that game whatsoever. No. What specifically did you not like about it? So, I I got you to recount what happened to you on the first level. You found five keys, you got to the end, and yeah. you had to go back into the level. If we go way, way back to Toe Jam and L, mm-hmm. Panic and Funkatron, Panic on Funkatron, one of the things that I didn't like about the game was the fact that you got to the end, and instead of letting you progress, you had to go back and find the humans. And it's exactly the same thing here. You, as a as a young kid playing this game, it's just frustration having to go back and comb through the level to find the one key that you missed. Mm-hmm. There are only six keys, yes, but the levels aren't linear, which for some people might be... They are linear, but there are, there are little, like... There's little pass Nuts through. and crannies, aren't there? I quite liked. I liked the exploration yeah. side of it, but I like games like that, like Toe Jam and Oak, I example. like exploration. I like it. games with exploration. I like exploration as a, as a, like the main thrust of a game. I like just looking around places. Mm-hmm. But for this game, it was frustrating because it's not just the, the exploration you have to worry about. You have to worry about the enemies and sometimes they're coming at you. And the enemies, bizarrely, sometimes you jump on them and it hurts them or kills them or something. Mm. And then sometimes you jump on them and it hurts your character instead of this little Nemo. Yeah. So there's no consistency. So it ends up being that actually you end up just avoiding them just in case you're going to hurt yourself. But then, as you've said, when there's so many on screen at once, yeah. you can't avoid them. There's a point in the second level, but not very far in, where you no, are trying to go up a diagonal. What You're trying to go up a hill and there's a, an army ant flying at you and there's a worm coming at you and... You jump over one backwards, and you because you have to, and then that respawns another another army ant. So you've got two army ants coming at you, and it's just too much. It's just too much, and it's frustrating. And I died so many times in the same places as a kid 
that I grew to hate it. But because you only have so... We've talked about the fact you only have so many games available to you yeah. as a child. I just kept ploughing at it, kept pummeling at it, kept trying to get past that bit that I was stuck at. And eventually I would, but I I had this game for years and years and years and never got past level four. Really? And only a handful of times got to level four. That's after the eight levels. Did you, today, did you die in the same places you died Yeah, at? so that, that diagonal... You hit. remembered that? Yeah. Specifically that? Yeah, same. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I got past it and, and got competent enough that I could get past it on a, on every playthrough at, at some point. But that was one of the sticking points. One of the sticking points, the first one, was only finding five keys and having to go mm. back into the level. And you go back into the level, it's not just finding the keys, it's not dying while you find the yeah. keys. So yeah, it was it was horrible. In looking this game up, in, in researching this game, I found what is a theory, I guess, but apparently at that time, the rental market for games was up and coming. And making games hard as nails like this right. was a way for game developers to combat rental markets. How? I don't understand. Well, I didn't understand particularly. I think the uh, I think the idea is that if you rent it and it's too hard, you will buy it because you really want to work at, at beating it. That's quite a big assumption. I think assumption. that's their idea, yeah. Because you or either... You, or you try it, have a go at it. And go, well, this is too hard, and I'm not going to bother. Whatever. That's what I probably would Yeah, think. that's what I did yeah. as well. But maybe it was different then. <laughs> I don't know. But that was that was what I found as, a, as like an idea as to why games were, were getting harder at that point. When I was about and this is one of them. seven, there was a video rental place not far from where I lived, about a 10 minutes or so walk, and we used to go and rent videos from there. I think it was actually called Video Rentals, just some shonky little shop, and they had some Game Gear games in there. And I remember renting one of them once, my Game Gear, and someone had gone through and, you know, the, the three letters for your high score, gone through and put loads of awful words in. Oh, no. Yeah. We didn't really rent games when we were... When we were that only game. happened once, because it happened that time, and then I never rented games again. <laughs> Poor boy. Yeah. Oh, very sheltered. I don't know why we didn't... I, I don't think we had a rental place near us. I remember it being quite expensive. Um, yeah, I so think I was probably that was probably I remember reason. when we moved to Grimsby, um, there was Blockbuster. I don't ever remember seeing a Blockbuster where, uh, where we lived before that. There was one in Lincoln. Was there? Yeah, there was one up near Sainsbury's. Well, that's there was that one, yeah. yeah. Was it was it there in the nineties? I think so. Okay. I'm not well, we sure. lived we lived up the other end of Lincoln, so we and we didn't have a car, so we went to and fro and we went lardy darwin yeah. it up down South Lincoln. <laughs> uh, there was a blockbuster again in the in the town I grew up in, and that obviously closed down. They've all closed down, but I remember mm. them being. Hellish expensive. They were. That's what I was going to say. When we moved to Grimsby, I remember being in Blockbuster and the games being ridiculous, like £4 for a night or something like I that. I think the, the, the videos were about like £4 for two nights yeah. or like £5 for three or something like that. I remember going, I remember walking to Blockbuster, so it, it was a fair way, way away. Um, and I remember walking to Blockbuster of an evening just to look at the games. <laughs> Blimey. Yeah. Just to since a while. Yeah, I can't remember how, how old I must have been. <laughs> But yeah, just to look at the games because I couldn't afford to buy. Just what them. if? Yeah, maybe. Did you yeah. ever buy any games off the back of that, or ever buy any games yeah. off the back of it? No, just went and drooled. No, and then that there was, was like... a. It wasn't a Blockbusters, but there was a, re- a rental place that used to sell its X DVDs and videos, mm-hmm. and I used to buy a fair few things from there for like fifty p or pound. 
that have been used previously. Right. Did you ever have that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Anything, was it all legit? Yeah, you got everything new. Yeah, definitely. Whenever you want it. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. Yeah. Was it all legit Prince or yours? Prince the <laughs> Not legitimate Yeah, not like... Yeah, no. like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels was one that I got from there right. on VHS. They were all, they all came in like really big oversized cases. Chunky, yeah, they yeah. were, weren't they? What yeah. was, what's all about? No idea. We're excluding a lot of people in their 20s and below, aren't we? We're talking about this. Yeah. Videos. Well, they should have been born earlier. It's definitely their problem. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, so that was the main issue with the game. The fact that it was ridiculous, ridiculously hard for me as a kid. And I thought I'd maybe be able to reevaluate that as an adult and go, oh no, it was fine. I so was that's just a why kid. you with, withheld the yeah, I was. I, but also to... I didn't want to, I didn't, I wanted to hear your genuine opinion. And you did, What I mean, what was your first impression? The impression I had was very similar to, well, in fact, exactly the same as what you had during our Mickey Mania episode that we did, uh, our previous episode, was that that was good. I enjoyed that go of it, but I don't feel the inclination to play it again. Yeah. That was how I felt about that. It, I got the five keys, wasn't going to, was trying to get the sixth and then died. And, eh, okay, that's that. Yeah, nothing driving you to try it no, any further. No. And actually, I, I for me it was the enemies that I found the most frustrating. Not yeah. so much the traversal because I enjoyed that in a game. I liked the fact that you could take on these these characters. So in the level that we played, there was the frog, a mole, and there was the lizard you could ride the back of. I liked how that then opened up other bits of the level. But it was just the enemies, just how they came at you thick and fast, and yeah. that you couldn't predict. And it wasn't was even a thick and fast that's enjoyable. So if you no. think, um there are games like Metal Slug where mm. you you have lots of enemies coming at you or uh, super ghouls and ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, go- is it Ghouls and Ghosts? Go- Ghosts, Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. Uh, which I think... That was a Capcom game as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, that so there's an element of that in, in this. Like, the enemies just keep coming and they, they respawn. Um, so if you move off the screen or whatever, they come back mm-hmm. again and come and come at you. Um, but it's in Ghouls and Ghosts... I mean, Ghosts and Goblins. Uh, is it Ghosts and Goblins? <laughs> I'm starting it's, to think... I think there's... It's one there's ghosts and ghosts and there's ghosts and goblins. And then the sequel. I've got it upstairs, it's very but I'm not going upstairs to see names. I don't know. Um, whichever one it is. Uh, it was more acceptable in that. I don't know why. I'm guessing because this is a game aimed at kids, isn't it? It's yeah. Little Nemo is a game about a boy who's probably about six or seven. Yeah. And Dreamworld, based on an animated film, you'd think yeah. it's going to be friendly and then it isn't. Mm. It's not friendly at all, is it? Shall we talk about the plot at the start? The opening cutscene for once for a better phrase where this little creature crawls into the Nemo's bedroom <laughs> and then says to him hey kid I've got some candy for you from the princess she wants you to come and then little Nemo says okay effectively well no he doesn't he says anyone who gives you candy can't be all bad yeah yeah I don't know about the messaging well, then he says, probably so, the less said about that the better <laughs> is the princess a girl I don't want to kiss her if she's a girl yeah he's very uh, he's a bit of an incel isn't he yeah yeah he is exactly <laughs> But then he goes on their ship anyway, and then off he goes. Yeah, to I know. Dreamworld. Yeah, and he's on his way. But it's that part of a dream that he's dreaming that this creature's crawling. Yeah, bedroom. I don't. I don't really I don't understand get it. it. I don't get it. <laughs> and the creatures are gross. Yeah, they are grotesque. I said to you when we were playing uh, that the tadpoles. I used to be really scared of the tadpoles. They look like miserable muppets. Did they genuinely give you nightmares? Like they didn't quite give me nightmares. It wasn't quite, quite meta that. But if they did, have you? You've played inside, haven't you? I've got Inside downloaded. I bought it when it was on sale. I've not played it yet. Right. Okay. Well, then I can't make that comparison. 
But as I cover my ears, and then you make it for the listeners. There is a. There is. My ears? No, because I talk too loud. <laughs> okay. I, I will allude to it. There is an underwater character that you meet on multiple occasions that gave me the frights. The tadpoles in this game gave me a similar feeling of anxiety and stress. It was a creature in Inside that you played as a 30-something adult that frightened you? It gave me... It gave me... It, it caused deep stress. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, like game stress, not proper stress. Oh, I see what you mean, right. Like, I, think, I think they're like actually like scared. I wasn't, I wasn't worrying about it on day, in the day when I wasn't playing the game. Right, okay. When I was playing the game, you'd get to this point and you'd be like, I don't really want to do this because it's not fun. Right, one of those moments. Yeah. And like, you had to do it. A boss in any game. game. Oh, you go, a boss. Yeah, maybe like that. But these tadpoles were, were sort of similarly stress-inducing. Well, even the, the friendly creatures, at the science speech level, the creature came and gave you a bit of advice. And they were... Some of them reminds me a bit of, like, never-ending story, that kind of yeah. creature design. Yeah. But, they, but they were, like, never-ending story on speed. They were Yeah, well, they... Horrible. I think... Because I haven't read the comics... Um, but I think that those character designs come more from the comics. Well, whoever did the comics needs to have a long hard look at himself. Windsor Mackay. Well, he's dead. Well, okay. Well, he's got plenty of time to have a long hard look at himself. Yeah. Maybe his family should reflect. Just think about what he's doing. Apologies if you're Windsor Mackay's ancestors and we are telling you to reflect. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how I feel about saying that now. So yeah, it's it's not a fun game. Oh, the birds as well. The birds were scary. Didn't like the birds. <laughs> they oh, drop eggs on you. Yeah. And then I said to you, didn't I, that the last level that I really got, the the level that really did it for me, or didn't do it for me, as the case was, was the train set level, where you're in like a toy world. Which we had to watch on YouTube, because we couldn't get that far. Yeah. I just didn't want to. I say, like, I, I probably could have if I'd persisted, but I don't want to. Just, it's not worth it. Just gave you the screaming abdabs to the extent yeah, you just did not want yeah. to. Playing it, hearing even hearing the music on that train level, I wasn't even playing it at that point, but hearing the music gave me issues. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm going to have to talk to somebody <laughs> about about how this game has so made me feel. Genuinely gave you anxiety, this game. It didn't give me... It did, not, not proper not anxiety, anxiety no, but you not know what I mean. It, yeah. It's not... It's not, you a, out. it's not a comfortable, enjoyable experience for right. me playing that game. And of all the games that I've owned, that's probably the only one that I persisted with, um, despite it giving me that kind of negative feeling. So you had this game that I'm guessing there weren't many other games alongside this that you had, so you had to count it. Which other games did you have alongside this then? Uh, I had Top Gun, or Top Gun 2. I can't remember which one it was. Right. That was genuinely pretty good. Mm. Um, on the NES. Have you ever played Top Gun 2? I started Top Gun. Face? Top Gun as a film. Okay, but it's not, you're not I playing Tom you? Cruise. Ooh, good. You're do, in. Do you remember that book I like you about 80s films and had all the stuff yeah, about Top Gun? Hadley Freeman. It was weird. Why was it weird? The, um, the book's Hadley Freeman, was it? Hadley Freeman. What was the book called? I can't remember. I don't remember what it's called. But so we the book, can check book and that put this journalist called Hadley Freeman wrote about films of the 80s, a similar sort of thing to what we do in this podcast, I suppose, where she revisited them and their history and talked about. What they were like in modern day, yeah. And it, it's a re- I, I read it on holiday. I said to you, right, you need to buy this book because I just find it so illuminating. The Top Gun chapter had all sorts of bizarre facts about how that the American uh, Air Force 
set up little tables outside screens yes, of the film to try and recruit. So, so when people came out yeah. on their high from seeing the film, that they're trying to recruit them. And that's just sinister, isn't it, it? It is quite. There's been several of things like that. So there was the American Army game that that, that was an FPS, right? Uh, in the early noughties, what's trained to kill terrorists and that? Yeah, well, it was a it was a training oh, camp. Right. Like you, it was it was used as a it was developed by the U.S. Army. And they put it out for free, and it was a recruitment tool to try and get teenagers who were interested in playing FPSs not cool. to sign up to the army. It's not the first time it's that sort of thing's happened. It's not going to be the last. It's... But your Top Gun game wasn't that same. No, it wasn't. It was, it was actually it was actually quite good. It was like a fighter, a dog fighting simulation game. Okay, you, you took off and you did some fighting in the sky, and then you landed. Well done. I imagine we'll be playing it. Spent a bit of volleyball. Future. No, no volleyball. Unfortunately, shame. So I had that. Uh, I had Mario 1, Mario 3. Excellent. Great games. Um, I had Pirates. Oh, the one that had the save. save so that was one with the save thing, yeah. The one. Uh, Crackout, which I've told you about before. That's the one. That's the, the paddle. Ball, yeah. Ball and paddle one, like uh, Breakout. Um, and a, f- a, fair, a, f- <laughs> a fair few others. But it's the cult of the new, isn't it? When Whenever you get something new, Definitely. you... Throw yourself at it, mm-hmm. and there was also like an element of you might enjoy those other ones, but you might have played them to death. Yeah. So I suppose I'll play Little Nemo. A bit like maybe Stargate. I had it on the Game Gear. Yeah, I didn't play like the it. Had it, but I still played it. Yeah, yeah. And also because you've spent money on it. Well, my grand spent money on that. Well, yeah, and, and you... I cried at her justifiably. <laughs> yeah, true. But no, yes, no, I, I no one did this I to the me. Point I did it myself. I chose it myself. Uh, and I do you remember how much it was? Was it a, no? I don't. Would it have been cheap? It was. It wasn't cheap in child terms. So like, I was getting pocket money, and I had to save my pocket money up over multiple weeks, right, in order to buy a game. So it wasn't just a frippery of a frippery. No, it wasn't. It was, some, it was an investment, right. right? And you would you would save up your money. They were probably somewhere between five and ten pounds. There would would have been more expensive games, but then I wouldn't have been able to save up. I would have seen the short-term gain in the long-term yes. against the long-term and thought, well, I'll have a game now and then in four weeks or five weeks or however long it is, no I'll be able to box, get another game. But you can still play it, can't you? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't four weeks or five weeks. It was a lot, a no, lot longer you. than that. But you know what I mean. The most expensive game I ever had was uh, £20 that I bought myself. And it was... I'm sure I told you about this before. I don't know if, whether it was on mic or not, but do you remember in... Lincoln, there was the big co-op that was on multiple stories. Yeah, with the on toy Silver Street. department. The right. toy department had the, the train going around. The, yes. Yeah. Right. So, so as, you, as you said, the staircase, there was a train set that went around, that actually went down the staircase. Yeah. It was eight. My nana, my nana worked in the bank at, uh, at Silver Street. Co-op. Right. It was like on the fourth floor. So we would go and see my nana. Mm-hmm. Me and my mum would go and see my nana when we were in town. And then we'd go down into the, into the basement uh, for... The toys, see the toys. It was like a Lion's Cave, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was totally like an Lion's Cave. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I don't know if you've put two and two together, but if now it's a pub, and if you go down the stairs in the pub to the toilets, that is where Santa Claus used to be. Oh. In the, in the children's toy department of co-op. So, yeah, there you go. Enjoy that next time you go yeah. to the pub. Um, but they had, in the corner, because at the time, games weren't absolutely massive, um especially in co-ops departments or toy department, they had this tiny little corner way away from the stairs 
And in this corner was a glass cabinet. Some dark recess. It was about a foot by a foot, this glass cabinet. And it it was locked. And they had games, NES games and Mega Drive games on on different levels. And there was this game. We are going to talk about this game on on a a stand-up case. And it was called Totally Rad. Have I told you about Totally Rad? No. So Totally Rad was Totally Rad. Right. It was the 90s in a cartridge. It, It was the most amazing case. It was like neon yellow. And then on the... It had totally red in in sort of graffiti. I was just going to say, is it graffiti style? And then there was a there was a green monster with big boogly eyes and neon pink hair, and its claws were sort of coming over the edge of the case, and it was sort of peeping out of the case. And I lusted over that game for for ages and ages and ages, and saved up for ages and ages and ages until I could afford it. So that was my most expensive game. So you couldn't get that, so you bought. Little Nemo instead. Yeah. I was thinking you say about kids and money and that. I remember once, when I was probably about eight, going to buy a car park ticket. You know, pulled them in the car park and I said, oh, here's 50p or whatever, go and pop it in yeah. or whatever. And I went over and um, just idly checking the, the coin bit, you know, the coin returns. And I remember finding a pound coin in there. And I'd be like, blind, look, I found a whole yeah. And even today, when I'm at a car you park, check, yeah. I still <laughs> check the, the change well, thing. Just because of that, that moment, I was like, blimey, this is it. The world is mine with this pound. Yeah. This is the the this will tell you what I we didn't get very much pocket money. If we went down if we went down the shops to spend our pocket money, I would want more coins back than I gave. So if I had a pound coin, because physically it would have felt it like felt it, like yeah, I had more, and that's the that was my man that like my mindset at the time. That's how young I was when I was buying saving up money for for these games. So I didn't have a complete grasp of how much uh, of what money clearly not. Was, <laughs> but I knew that it was that it had value, and I knew that there there was an inherent value in having to save up on more, over multiple over a long period of time to get something that I wanted. That's what Mary Poppins teaches, isn't it? You put the penny in the bank and get and the, the pounds add up or something. Yeah, I don't really like remember. Great film. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's not bad. So yeah, have you seen it, Mary Poppins Returns? Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's really awful. On a, on a lighter note. Let's go back to Little Nemo then. On a, yeah, on a positive. The name of Little Nemo the Dream Master in Japan is Pajama Hero Nemo. Great. You don't like that? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I think that's the only good thing I've got to say about the game. <laughs> the fact that the best thing you can say about the game yeah. is he's called Pajama Hero Nemo. Yeah. I like how it looked. I didn't. It, visually, I found it quite appealing. I don't like I how said it to you, you compared that to Mario 1, which came out at the same time. Visually, the Nemo looked a lot nicer. I think it looked more... It, it was more colourful. Yeah. In some senses. And there were more props. But I don't necessarily think that translates into a nicer looking game. But then we also, watching the YouTube video, we talked about it got to the fifth world, was it? Yeah. Where it was set in Nemo's house. So it's yeah. a dream version yeah. of his house. Something and like that. I said that I felt... It was just all hodgepodge, wasn't it? So there was... The thing that sparked the thought off for you, I think, was when he was going up some stairs, but the stairs were like they were floating. The banister and then, was and then the banister was like a cut off and yeah, and and I'm aware it's a game about dreams, etc. But I said that I didn't feel game. I didn't feel that it was believable. I didn't believe that he was dreaming this because it was so fragmented. And I compared it to Psychonauts, for yeah. example. Psychonauts being a game about dreams, where you go into people's dreams and you you live through them. All of those dreams in Psychonauts felt more believable than anything I've played through in that game. And that's a strange thing to talk about, the believability of your dreams. It is a slightly but, strange thing, but I totally get what you, you're I'm saying. I'm paraphrasing in a bad it, way. In that, in that 
dream house. It was the it was co- it was convenient in platform terms for them to have this portion of a yeah. staircase and this floating half banister that you could conveniently jump onto. Yes, yeah. yeah. It, they wanted they wanted platforms there, and they the the theme of the level was this house thing. So they put these steps in. It didn't make any sense in terms of the 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 thematic design. Uh, but in platform terms, it made sense for there to be a platform yeah, there. Definitely. So they had to fit it somehow, and that's how they decided to fit it. But it was it was rap. It was mm-hmm. rubbish. I, I tried to say crap and rubbish at the same time there. Rubbish. It was rap. <laughs> oh, rap. Okay, not rubbish. <laughs> no, not rubbish. That's better. But yeah, it was. It wasn't... I didn't like that about it. It's not the last game. It's not the first game to make that uh, choice to do that sort make of thing. abstract. And it's not the last game no. that will do it. But it just it just didn't didn't do it any just it didn't do it any good. The animal powers were okay. <sighs> yeah, I'm so I, to I said to you, I think it's probably the first game to to do that, at least that I know of. I if if there are any out there, I would love to know what they are. Um, but the idea that it might have originated that that concept and then it went on to become more popular in Kirby and. More recently, Super Mario Odyssey and a variety, a slew of other games. Space Station Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. yep. which is another game that I've had that was similarly frustrating to this, um, but in the end, more rewarding. Um, did the same thing, had the same mechanic where you take over enemies and use their uh, use their skills against other enemies. So yeah, I, I think that is definitely a positive. It did something... That felt fairly fresh and original. Just indifference. But then it did it in, in a, what I think is a reasonably bland uh, world. I feel mean saying this. I don't I don't like the way it looks. I think it looks yeah. horrible. I don't like the sound design. Yeah, again, the sound was giving you stress, yeah, wasn't it? it was, yeah. Not even, not even that aspect of it. I just think that the tone of it was, yeah, it was a bit glitching and jarring. Mm. It hurt your ears. It was a bit too high pitched. Wow. So yeah, um, Christopher, do you recommend Little Nemo: The Dream Master to anybody? Do you know what I say, Little Nemo? No. Yeah. No, I is that a no? <laughs> no, I no. enjoyed parts of it, but I think on reflection, no. I, I the things that I liked about it. Other games have done better. Yeah, I don't understand, as we've said, who it's aimed at. It seems aimed at children, but it's far too hard. Yeah, it's not particularly enjoyable to play. Mm. No, and then obviously your answer is a is a firm no. <coughs> it is a firm no. You say about other things doing doing a better job. This is made by Capcom. This is developed by Capcom in nineteen ninety, and around that same time, sort of eighty nine to ninety. One, I think, they were making things like DuckTales, which is a classic Mm -hmm. that is well-loved by lots of people. Um, Tailspin, which is another one. Um, And Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which is actually, I said, didn't I? It's in the manual manual for this game as an advert. Right. So they they made all of these. So they were making good stuff as well as this. Yeah. So what went so wrong for this game, then? I am not one to say that, am I? I just... Just I don't some, know. I don't know what went on. And you know, it's not. It's not that the people involved in it didn't have pedigree. Yeah, mm. or didn't develop pedigree. Uh, Tatsuya Minami, for one, 
for the first game I think that he designed. Mm-hmm. But it's just not for me. No. It's not for me. I don't dance. know who it's for, like you said. I don't know who it's for. No. Not my cup of tea. What's that then? Yeah. Little Nemo. Sorry to leave everyone on a dull note. Well, maybe you could have a little dream and cheese yourselves up. Not if you're driving, though. Don't go to sleep if you're driving. Pull, uh, over, pull over into a lay-by and have a little sleep. Yeah, you unless you're you know, listening to this in five years' time and we're all driving automated automated cars that drive themselves. Possibility. Yeah, and then you can have a little nap. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, enjoy that. Yeah, do whatever you want. Why? No. <laughs> we're not even going to dig down there. <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. Thank you for coming and listening to us again. Yep, join us on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube. Come join us, chat to us, like, subscribe, all that jazz. And we'll see you again in another couple of weeks for another episode. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. This Gameware is a Specky 2 Guys production. Music for the episode is provided under Creative Commons license by Steviosphere from the album Cell Division, which can be found at steviosphere.bandcamp.com.